Next week, we have something special before we get into the message. We're going to have a testimony from one of the sisters in the church that I know is going to bless your life as we jump into this series called The Unknown. And you're going to hear next week, um, especially after we give our message this week, you're going to see how important it is to be ready to enter the unknown. And you're going to hear a testimony from, from someone we love dearly here, and, and I think you're going to be blessed by that testimony and even by, by next week's message. All right, this is what I want you to do with me. Turn all the way to the beginning of the Bible and open up to the first book, Genesis chapter 12. When you're in Genesis chapter 12, I want you to stand up with me and I want you to look at verse 1. Genesis 12 verse 1, then stand with me and then I'll know that we are there and we will get started. Genesis 12, the unknown is what we are discussing throughout this Next four weeks, and I know that you will be blessed. Today, if there is a title to my message, it's one word. Here it is. It's the word obedience. So when you sit back down, you can write that on your notepad. It's the word obedience. The unknown, part part one, obedience. Obedience. Everyone say obedience. Obedience. Thank you for being obedient. All right. In Genesis chapter 12, there is an awesome passage. An awesome passage. An awesome look at, at something very important. Here, here is Abram. And, and we're going to call him Abraham, okay? But in the scriptures, it's Abram, and God later on changes it to Abraham. So watch this. Abram and Abraham, whichever one I say, is the same person. So who is it again? Is he talking about Abram, or is he talking about Abraham? Same guy. Everyone say same guy? Yeah. All right. And we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 12, and God comes to speak to Abraham. And as he speaks to Abraham, he's going to give some promises to Abraham. He's going to give some, 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 some very important instructions as well. Catch this with me in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. To a land that I will show you, look at verse 2, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And all of God's people, through the reading of God's word, say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we look at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. I don't know if you caught anything there. God shows up to Abraham. And he says, Abraham, I got some promises I want to give you. But before I share some of these promises, I need you to do some things. Look what God tells Abraham. He says, number one, get out. Get out of what? Well, get out of your country. Hey, that's asking a lot, man. Like, I'm cool with God telling me to get out of my neighborhood. It's a stretch when he tells me to get out of my county. Now it's a real stretch if he's telling me to get out of my state. But now he's really breaking me if he's telling me to leave the good old U.S. Okay? Abraham, get out of your country. And not only that, but, but get out of among your family. Get out from your father's house. Well, why, God? Why should I get out of these things that are important to me, that I'm proud of? All that I know, why should I 
leave these areas. And look what he says in verses 2 and 3. And I will, I will, I will. It's basically like God is saying this so that I can. If I can what? So that I can make you a great nation. So that I can make you a blessing. So that I could bless those who bless you. Curse those who curse you. And bless all the families of the earth through you. Wow. Abraham, get moving, get going. I'm taking you somewhere. Get out of your country. Get out of daddy's house. Get out from among your family so that I can make you blessed, so that I can make you a great nation, so that I can bless you, so that I can bless all of the earth through you. Guys, listen to me. That is a massive, massive promise. Next week, we'll get a little bit into the Abrahamic covenant and what this is, this whole covenant idea and and what God was really telling Abraham. But I want to focus just on these three verses for a moment. Get out, Abraham, so that I can. Abraham, I will make you. Abraham, I will bless you. But listen to this, church. But you will have to, what? Get out. You will have to be obedient is what he's telling him. You, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to do these things that I say to you, but you have to be obedient and you have to go out. I want you to write this down in your notes as we start off this series. The way to survive the unknown is through obedience. We will never survive the unknown if we struggle with this massive, important word, which is called obedience. Listen, when we are called by God, when we are called by God, the truth is, truth is, we don't know where that's going to take us, to whom it will take us to, and through what it will take us through. I remember when I was in my mid-20s, and God says, get out of your house. At that time, it was my mother's house. I was one of those, yes. What do they call late bloomers? And I just stuck around with mom for a while. Get out. Get out of your mother's house. All right, I could deal with that one. Next, get out of your church. I loved my church. I helped found our first church with my pastor. I was 20 years old. The church, fir- church the first church that we founded. It's all I knew was a church down in Kendall. And God told me one day, get out of there. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm the youth pastor here. I helped plant this church. I love this church. Get out. Get out of your mom's house. Get out of your church. What's next? In my mid-20s, God says, get out of Florida. You want to know where God called me? A Cuban-American child raised in Miami, born in Cayo Hueso, Florida, filled with Cubans, eating cafe con leche and galletitas every morning of my life. He sends me to Yerricksville, Ohio. And go to Ohio. Are you crazy? I remember walking my first day in Ohio. I walked around the neighborhood and I promise you every single person will come out of their business and just stare at me. Because I lived in the upstairs of the church where there was a training center to train the pastors. And that's where I stayed to prepare to what I didn't know was going to happen, which was this church. And, and I would walk to the supermarket called Maples. It was a maple shark emblem and I would go and I would walk back to the church across the street and I would just see people stare at me, discriminating me because I wasn't the color of their skin, because I spoke with an accent. Many of them thought I was from Mexico. I said, no, Cuba. <laughs> Mexico, same thing, Cuba. Familia, Cuba. Cuba, I'm from Cuba, but not really. I'm, 
They didn't get it. You're all Mexican. No, we're not all Mexican. It was weird. Any Mexicans, we love you. They think we're all you, so you're good people. But it was so weird. It was so strange, but God's call was evident, and I had to go. And thank God I went for two weeks, almost a month. I was depressed that my brother was there with his family in the training center. I would stare outside of a window, and I would stare at the supermarket watching people go in and go out. He sat in front of me one day, and he looked at me, and he patted me on my shoulder, sat right in front of me. And Brother Albert looked at me and said, Rigo, are you going to be okay? You think you're going to make it through? I looked at him and said, I have no idea, man. I feel like I'm in a movie and there's cameras all around me. I, think this, I feel like this is all a dream. Never have I experienced anything like Eriksville, Ohio. I love Eriksville, Ohio today, though. I love its people. When God calls us, it's funny, man. We don't know where it's going to take us. Listen to me. We didn't know where it's going to take us through. I was there for a few months and I got a meeting with the elder of our fellowship, the president of our fellowship, very respectful dude whose resume would wow you, but before even his whips out his resume, his spirit, you just respect. There's just this grace and this wisdom behind him. And he sat with me, and he said, we have an opening for you. It gets worse, guys. It gets worse than New Yorksville, Ohio. Are you guys ready? We need a pastor, and we need to pastor a church, and we need you to go. Watch this. Where am I going? McConnellsville, Ohio. <laughs> it's like 3,000 people that live there. At that time, I was dating Nancy. I wasn't even married to her yet, and I called her, and I started to cry. Probably the first time I cried to my wife. What's wrong with you? I don't know what I'm doing. They want me to pastor McConnellsville, Ohio. I don't even know how to spell that city. God did something beautiful. He put someone else there. We had beautiful Allie and her awesome husband having a little Bible study in Miami Lakes. And they started to flirt with that and said, how about if we make a church up in the Miami Lakes area? And I said, I'm ready. (laughs) Send me. I'll go. Send me. It just so happened that God brought me back home. And this is where we're at today. But he definitely tested me in certain areas before I got here. And who knows? I'm young still. Who knows where you will go? Who knows where I will go? Who knows what the rest of our life holds? Amen? Amen. But I promise you, when God's call, when this unknown comes upon us, man, it's, it's interesting. So many times when someone's life is transformed by God's grace, by his salvation, and they enter this call called the unknown, as we're going to call it for the next four weeks. Listen to this. I hear people say things like this. Ready? I'm going to do this. I'm going to start this. And then I'm going to go over here. And then I'm going to go do that. And I'm going to take these people with me. And together we're going to accomplish all these things. Right? And I just look at them, and I'm like, (laughs) and I say amen to that. Let me tell you why I amen to that, because it's great that they have goals. It's great that they have a vision. Amen. It's great that they feel a sense of purpose, because I do believe that God is the one that put that in there. It's great. It's great. But the truth is, then they, then me, then all of us, then we realize, wait a minute, there's not much that I can really do. The only way that I could survive this unknown is through my obedience. I could say I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to take these people and I want to create this, but God says, wait a minute, but have I said anything yet? And then that's when we realize that this unknown, all it really takes is for a man, for a woman to be obedient to that call. Amen? And how many of us, or forget that, how many people do we know that have traveled through this unknown 
How many? It's, I love the, the visual, right? Look at that eerie. Come here. If we Turn off these lights for a second and pretend this was not just a screen. Pretend, listen to me. Look at my fingers right here. See these fingers, these crabs? Fingers. If I were to stretch out this screen and whip it open and it becomes a forest that looks just like that, you could almost feel, right? How's the temperature? I would say like 62 degrees. It's not cold that you need a, a thick sweater, but it's not warm that you could go with the shirt that you have on today. You feel this weird chill upon you, got goosebumps. That's what I feel. I see this little fog. Forget the end, just doing circles. It's not there in real life. And I see these trees, and what do you hear, right? I hear things howling. I, think, I hear things in the ground. When, when I look at this big picture, and I'm about to, and God says, come on, come in. I'm like, God, that doesn't look like light. The Bible says that you've called us into the light, and you've taken us out of darkness, God. <laughs> that does not look like light to me, God. <laughs> but imagine walking into this. How would you feel? How would that tickle you? How, how would things play out in your life? And God says, and, and, and as you're getting this eerie feeling, and you're about to walk in, and you're thinking about, watch this, because no one looks at this and says, oh, my gosh. I could just have a pick. When you're looking at this, watch this. Like me, you're thinking about everything wrong that could happen if you walk in. Huh? Anyone else? Sometimes the call of God is like that. God, I don't want to walk in because if I commit myself, I'm scared of everything wrong that's going to happen. And God says, who said you're going to do this on your own strength? Because when you walk into the known you do nothing by yourself everything that you do you do it through me who has called you in so i walk in and in the midst of all that creepy feeling and the things slivering around the grass that i hear and the birds flapping their wings and i could hear them from miles away and i hear a howl and i hear a growl and i don't know what's happening but then in the midst of all of this i hear someone say come And that word and that voice and that peace and that power of that peaceful word draws me to walk in. You can put the lights back on in the house. And when you begin to walk into what is the unknown, things become revealed to you about God that you would have never even pictured of who God is, huh? Man, I've learned so much of who God is by pastoring in this church. <clears throat> If I could probably retitle this church, maybe it would be called Welcome to the Unknown Church. Because that's what ministry is. That's what getting called by God. And what I don't want you to ever get confused is I'm not just talking about a preacher's platform. I'm talking about whatever it is that God is calling you to. Wherever it is. And so many people travel down this path and down this road and one little thing happens or a couple little things happen or maybe it's just one big thing that happened and they no longer Continue on this journey called the unknown. Know anyone like that? I know so many. And then they blame it on so many different things. And that's when right then and there we realize this right here. That his call, this unknown, it's still there. It is still very present. Listen, it's never died out because people have died out. His call, the unknown, continues to remain faithful. And only the obedient are able to faithfully walk it out. Oh my God. You could take all those things, all those thoughts and write them down. 
So we just blame it. And what do we blame this thing on? We blame it on the call. We blame it on the unknown. What do we say? Things like this. Ready? I just can't. I need to be in charge. I will plan out my future. I will decide who I will marry, young people, younger people. I will find out the career that makes me happy. How many of us have said all these things? I will, I will, I will. And then the Lord says, no. (laughs) Shh. As a matter of fact, you will do nothing. Abraham, as a matter of fact, new life, you will do nothing. You get out so that I can get in. Come on, man. I promise you the next four weeks is going to bless you. You get out so that I can get in, he tells us, so that I can finally accomplish. Accomplish what, God? All that I desire for you. How many of you know that God desires something special for you? But God is just saying, come on, come on, come on already. Get out. So that I can. And you know deep down inside that's you. Listen, the unknown is not to always know what the next step is, guys. It's not. That's not what God calls us to. God's not like, hey, watch this. I'm going to reveal to you when your left foot plants again where it's going to land on. Sometimes we don't know what we've landed on until we've landed. We don't see what's in front of us. I'll break down a verse in a second to, to prove that. Sometimes he doesn't tell us what the next step step is, but to take the step is what we're called to, even though we don't know where it will land us. We should never, if if you could remember this today, we should never rather, rather be obedient to our very own strength and knowledge, rather than to the strength and knowledge and the sovereignty of God. That is what we should solely and mainly trust in, because I've recognized, like in the last few weeks that we've mentioned, when I focus on my knowledge, on my strength, and on my wisdom, my goodness, do I fail so much more. But when I focus on His, and I am successful. How many of you could say amen? Listen, we are obedient to Him. What? Yes, to Him. Even if He hasn't, Given us knowledge of what's ahead. Did you hear what I just said? We are obedient even if we don't have knowledge of what's ahead. Even if it remains unknown to us. Listen, we remain obedient to him. Man, that's good. I, I promise I could almost end this. Even when it becomes or it remains unknown to us, we remain obedient to him. Has anyone read verse 4 yet? We just read verse 1, 2, and 3. Abraham, get out, get out, get out, so that what? So I can bless you, so that I can make you, so that I could do this. But then we forget to read verse 4. That's what Abraham does in verse 4. Ready? How many of you love the word of God? Amen. Amen. All right, watch this. Verse (laughs) 4. So Abram departed. He leaves as the Lord has instructed him. He leaves. He takes his nephew with him. But I love this because the Lord calls Abraham to obedience and Abraham doesn't even think twice about it. Abraham says, I'm gone. And he leaves and he takes off as the Lord's spoken to him. So my question to the church is, do you need to get out so that God can, so that he will? And I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with a point to start off, but I'm not going to take too much time in it. Watch this. Listen, going out. Why does God call us to go out? It leads us to only hold on to one main thing. Well, to a lot of things, but one main thing. Here it is. When we are called to go out, it leaves us holding on to, it leaves us trusting in one thing. Anyone know what it is? Here it is. Write this down. His word. <laughs> His word. Hey, listen to me. If it was not for the letters, for the, for the oh, man. 
I promise you guys this. I'm not trying to like, oh, if, if you only knew the content in this book, what it means to me and what it's done for me and what it does to me. <laughs> His word is, that's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to build our lives on, to trust, to be obedient to that word, come in to that word of God, to the passages within this scripture, the texts that are in these books and letters. I'm going to read three passages. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 in the ESV says it this way. Trust in the Lord. Everyone say trust. Yeah. Well, with some of your heart, say it. Yeah, that's right. You better correct me. It's not just with some of your heart, church. You what? You trust the Lord with all of your heart and you do not lean on your own understanding. Let's substitute some words there, huh? Understanding, strength, power. Come on, wisdom. What else you want to put there? Success, do not lean on your own, but in all of your ways you acknowledge him and he, who? He will, Abraham, get out so that I will, I will, I will. Notice this, get out so that he will direct, that he will make straight your paths. How many of you could say amen? <laughs> Psalm 56, 4 says, in God, everyone say in God. In God what? In God, I will praise his word, it says. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. In God, get out so that I can. Another passage is in Psalm chapter 18, verses 29, 30, and 31. I'll read this one uh, specifically from the NLT. Watch this. In your strength, I can crush an army. I like that. That's, why, that's the only reason why I picked the NLT for this one. Because I love that he says you could crush. And I'm into crushing things, right? Okay, never mind. Didn't go good. All the men say? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but the psalmist says, in your strength I can crush an army. With my God I can scale, I can climb any wall. God's way is perfect. And the Lord's promises, they prove true. The Lord's promises, they prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For, for who is God except the Lord? Who but God is a solid rock? Can any of you say amen to all these things? See, church, your obedience to the Lord will take you to the unknown. And in that unknown, you will learn to love, to trust, and to know the one who leads you. Why does God want you to walk into things as eerie as that woods back there on that screen? Because in those woods, in that unknown call... He says, you're going to learn how to know me, love me, and trust me. And unless I don't take you to it, you're never going to know me, you're never going to trust me, and you're never going to love me. All you're going to do is you're going to do what information has taught you to do, but you're never going to be able to do what experience has taught you to do. There's people out there, listen, listen, and I mean this because I'm your pastor and I could be straight up about this, that are all talk. New Life does not care about those people that are all talk. Hey, come here, guys. If any of you here are all talk, come here. Come here. Start walking that which you talk already so that God can use you. We don't want to just hear it. Come on. We want to what? I want to see it. I want to see it. You want to know which was one of the most hated games? I wish my son was here. I would have called him, but I called him up two weeks ago. I don't want to do it again. He is here, but I hated this game. I didn't want to go to my parents or I didn't want to go to someone and say, I know what we could do to him, right? Psst. 
Ping. Rigo, come, come. Look what I got. Come here. And you're a little kid, right? And you're like. And he's look, 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 look. And it's all a lie because they want you to get close so they could grab you. <laughs> and then they look, mira huequito. Tengo un pajarito aquí. I caught a little bird. And you're just a little kid and you don't even know what they're doing. And you're walking to it. Oh, he has a bird in his hands. You get to the hands. He opens it. She opens it. They open it. And they grab you. And you're like, no, you liar. Yeah. I don't want to be that Christian. Come here, come here. What God says and God did and God is and God... And then when, when, when we come to reveal everything that we believe in, everything that we've been taught, there is nothing, no evidence there of the things that we know. Come on, man. And sometimes God wants to take us to the unknown, not just so that we could talk about it, but so that we could reveal it to the world and say that in which I speak of is true because let me tell you a story, man. Come on, you could give God some praise, man. How can we not desire to travel down the paths that we do not know? Come here, come here. How can... I have no idea what that is. There you go. How can we not desire to travel down this road? How many of you want to walk into the screen today? Still not convinced. Keep preaching for 20 more minutes. Maybe I'll be convinced. I want to jump in that screen, man, if I could. Chronicles of Narnia style, you know what I'm saying? But how many of you, how can we not desire to travel down the paths of the unknown? The, the, the path that only he knows, the, the path that he desires to call us into to he, so that he could reveal himself to us. The unknown is all about, listen, it's all about, watch this, you might have been like, it's all about obedience. It's not. It's all about that in your obedience, he reveals all of himself to you. The unknown is for God to reveal himself. The unknown is not really just about you. The unknown, when you really look deep into it, it's mostly all about what? It's all about God. How can we not desire? But the truth is we fear. We become anxious. We're not driving, you know. We're not in charge. But I'm going to tell you something here. That is the best place to be, to fully rely in Christ. There is where he shows us his beauty. There is where we fall in love. There is where we get to know our God in a way that we would have never known him before. How many of you want to see God's beauty? Come on, walk into the screen. Come on, walk into, it looks scary. I know God's car looks scary. Ask Jonah who was in a whale's belly for three days. You don't think he was scared? Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were in a fire, huh? Cranked seven times harder. You don't think they were scared? Come on, ask some people that God has called into the unknown. Ask a young man in his mid-20s that said, get away from your mom, get away from your church, get away from everyone you know, and get stripped away, cut the umbilical cord, and grow somewhere else. And he caused me to grow. And Man, tell me if it wasn't scary. But I promise you, in that little room, in that heat of Ohio summer, oh my goodness, I got to learn so much about God that I don't think any kind of seminary or any kind of teaching would have ever. Why? Because I got to experience that which was being taught to me. It's where the unknown, where, experience, where we experience the knowledge of Scripture that we've attained. 
Are you happy with just having that knowledge while having never experienced it on your own? Seriously, are you? I hope not. Listen, church, I don't want to just have my knowledge so that I can grow because of what I've learned. Listen, I want my knowledge to grow because where I've been. Experience in obedience. And those moments is what gives us wisdom. How many of you can say amen? The great Jim Elliot, who died by a tribe in Ecuador, they made a movie about him and his friends called The End of the Spear. He wrote this, ready? Rest in this. Great missionary. He says, rest in this. It is his business to lead, to command, to impel, to send, to call, or whatever you want to call it. But it is your business to obey, to follow, to move, to respond, or what have you. Wow. The unknown is a beautiful place to be. Church, get out so that he can. Amen? Amen. Abraham, all he knew, listen, was from his fathers. Does anyone know where Abraham's fathers were from? From a town called Ur. Everyone say Ur. Ur. Not a pirate. Just Ur. And Ur was in Babylon. And that was what today we know as Iraq. I love that the one who was going to start Israel, his foundation, he was an Iraqi. That's awesome. Not only was he an Iraqi, he was a Turkish Iraqi. And did you know that? Because from Ur, he moves to Haran. And if you study where Haran is at, Haran is in Turkey, modern-day Turkey. Abraham, who was going to start this, this, this biblical Canaan, who was going to start the people of God, Israel, was a Turkish man with Iraqi background, and now God calls him to be led to go to Canaan, which we know today as Israel. Abraham was 75 years old. Everyone say 75 years old. How about you? When I read this, I say, Abraham could have made some reasonable, valuable excuses, huh? Lord, I'm kind of old. My joints are kind of hurting. You're asking me to travel a long way. You're asking me to take people with me. God, I don't think this is wise. I am what? 75 years old, God. But I love this because what what do we read in Scripture? That excuses are not of worth when the Lord calls us in. No excuses. Oh, Lord, but I got to go to school. Oh, Lord, but I got to do this. Oh, Lord, but my wife. Oh, Lord, but my husband. But my children. And God says, I don't care. Those are just excuses. You are being called into the unknown. It doesn't matter how reasonable, how valuable these excuses are. He requires one thing from us. And what is that one thing, church? You should know the word by memory already. The one thing that he's requiring is obedience. Man, I'm going to fly through this scripture because we've read it about a month, two months back. And I, and I broke it down and I don't want to do it again. But do you remember Luke? What did Jesus say? In Luke chapter 9, 57, ready? As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, foxes have holes, birds have the air of the nest, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another one, another one, Jesus looked at him and said, follow me. And he said, Lord, let me go first, bury my father. And Jesus says, bury your father? We don't have time to bury the dead. Let the dead bury their own dead, but you, you go. You what? Go. Go out and you proclaim the kingdom of God. And another one came and says, I'll follow you, Lord. I'll do it. Forget those two suckers. I'll do it, man. And God says, all right, come. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, I forgot. Let me go first, say bye to everyone at my house. And the Lord says to him, no, 
No one puts his hand to the plow and looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. Let's not even break those verses down. I did that two months ago. Listen, church, welcome to the unknown. What do you mean? What I mean is this. The unknown is for real men and women. Yeah. They're just soaking. It's for real. Come on, real men and women. I hate these other religions that say Christianity is a weak religion. You haven't read the word of God. <laughs> Tell me my religion's weak. Jesus was on the cross and he carried the sin of the world. What's weak about that? Your Savior's weak. He died. And they cut him up and they, he bled and he shed. And, and, they, and I'm like, you think that's weak? I call that strong. He carried all the sin of the world. And then, I mean, man, we could just have a whole preaching on that. Let's not do that. The unknown, man. The unknown. Men and women, come on. Rise up. Walk into the unknown. Huh? No? Okay, we'll keep going. Very encouraging. The unknown, obviously, it means not known. We know that, not known. Unknown, duh. Nice play on words there. It means no knowledge. It means no experience of. It means having no understanding. It means unfamiliar. But I love this one. Ready? The unknown means strange. Everyone say strange. I love that because if there's one thing that people always call me, guess what it is? You're so strange. <laughs> and I'm going to take that word with pride. In Genesis 15:6, before I break down the word strange, in Genesis 15:6 it said Abraham believed in the Lord. And because Abraham believed, because Abraham was obedient, listen, because Abraham was faithful to the Lord, you want to know what the Lord did? He counted it as righteousness to Abraham because of his faith. Abraham, because of your faith, because of your obedience, I'm going to count all of this as right. I mean, Abraham was lifted up by God. I want to be lifted up by God, amen? And man, if you look and you really study Abraham's life, Abraham's life, I don't have all the time of the world to break it down, but Abraham was a strange man. You know, one day he walked into a kingdom and he had his beautiful wife. I mean, he was in love with her. And he says, hey, girl, when we walk in here, they're going to want you as a woman. So watch this. They're going to kill me. I don't want to die. So you ready? You're not going to say you're my wife. You're going to say you're my sister. You know what they did? They took her and said, man, this girl looks good. Who is that? That's my sister. That's my sister. It's his wife we loved, Abraham. So strange. So the king takes her in, and when he falls asleep at night before doing anything to her or with her, he has a dream, and God speaks to him to the dream. He says, you better not touch that woman. That is that man's wife. You better take her back. I'm going to send a curse upon you. He grabs the woman. Wake up, woman. And he goes to Abraham, and he says, are you crazy? Take this woman back. You didn't tell me this was your wife. The Lord revealed to me that it's not your sister. It's your wife. You're crazy. You're going to have us all killed. Abraham's like, good job, baby. Let's Let's go. Did you touch him? Did he touch you? No? I love you. Let's go. You know very well things weren't going well, so well in that marriage right about then. She was going to lay the smack down on him. It's strange, man. It's strange the things that the Lord does and how he does it and who he does it with, huh? Look at some of you. Look at me. It's strange. No, I'm being serious. I'm not even trying to be funny. It's strange that I pastor a church. Amen. 
I just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> because I promise you, I go over here and I say, how do they keep coming? <laughs> it's strange. Because this guy up here was a student at risk his whole life. I was. I'm not, I mean, I'm not proud of it. I, was, I was, think I was lazy. It's not that I was stupid because now I'm recognized. I'm actually kind of smart. <laughs> but I was a student at risk. I was in ESC. They tried to label me. All different kinds of dysfunctions. But my God, did God prove some people wrong and say, watch this? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> but it's strange how he does it. And when he does it and how he does it. And sometimes people say this, well, why does God do this? And why did he allow that? How many of you said that? How many of you have heard that? And so much more. And we don't even have the answer. What's our answer? It's just strange. Sometimes he wants us to lose it all. Sometimes there are no explanations. Other times it's clear. Other times it's obvious what God is doing. And then there's times where, oh, I don't understand what that is. And then there's other times I look at them like, I have no idea what you're calling me into. And I have to like, God, show me. Come on, are they going to do it? All right. Can't explain it. It's unexplainable. The truth is this. Ready? If I were to teach you and show you and read to you the life of Job, that's strange. I can't explain to you. Come here, come here. I can't explain to you how the mightiest man on the land, the wealthiest man, the God, the man that was blameless, the man that God honored, the man in the earth that was like no other man, the man that God lifted up, the man that was high above every other man. He had a big family, had billions of dollars. He had it all. The mansion, the private jet, he had it all. God honored him and blessed him because he feared God. He's like, man, that's good. And from one day to another, guess what? He loses his family, he loses his wealth, he loses his health, he loses it all. That's strange to explain that to you. But I read the end of the story, and the end of the story showed me that these strange things was for a greater purpose, for a greater call. And God was going to bless him with a bigger picture. But he needed to get through those dark moments. He needed to get through the unknown so that the goodness of Christ can be revealed to him. I would have never been able to explain it to you if I never saw the end. And some of our lives are like that. We're going through the whole plot. We're going through the whole story. And we're so confused. And we're so distraught. And we're so unexplainable. It's so strange. But I promise you this. Come on. Bible says that he is the author and the finisher. He is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. And just as he started it, he's going to end your story for his glory. My goodness. But during the moment, it's strange because we haven't seen the glory yet. So we're over here in the unknown. The unknown is But just because it's strange doesn't mean that I don't stay obedient even in the strangest moments. Come on, man. How do you do what you do? How do you say what you say? How do you live how you live? It's strange. But I know that there is a prize at the end of this tunnel that has my name on it. I don't know how it looks like completely yet. But I know it's there. I know things look strange. But stick with me for a little while longer. And you're going to see how unstrange things are about to get in my life. Come on, somebody. That's the life we live. A path that we are on. The road that we travel upon daily. 
We can all admit it that there are times when we've all have said, what in the world is going on? It is strange. It is unexplainable. But my goodness, come here, church. Isn't it worth it? Isn't it thrilling to be in it? I wouldn't trade the unknown for anything certain in this world. Did you hear what I just said? I wouldn't trade the unknown for anything certain in this world. Oh, I would not. Keep me on this unknown. I don't care how many riches. I don't care how many blessings you have. Keep me on the unknown. I'd rather live not knowing what the next step will bring, what the next step will reveal, and to be responsible for leading my own life. Because when the Lord leads me in this unknown, I am left in shock in what he is doing and what he has done. We are like Abraham. We are called foreigners. We are strangers in it for the ride. Come on, church. We're strangers. Everyone say, I'm strange. Yes, like me, baby. We are all strange, and we're in it for the ride. Wherever God's going to take us, listen to this. We are strange people walking in a strange car. We are strange people walking in a strange car. Why you say that? It's unknown. It's unknown. But we follow the lead of the one who knows it all. How many of you could say amen? We are just obedient men and women who love the one who leads us. Augustine said this, wicked men, wicked men obey from fear, but good men obey from love. <laughs> That's good. Sometimes our obedience makes no sense because we can't see it. Hebrews 11.1, 1, huh? For faith is the confidence that we that, we, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. ESV, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. For the conviction of things not seen. The New King James says, the evidence of the things not seen. Listen, it is this confidence, it is this assurance for the things that we hope for. Well, what are the things that we hope for, church? Well, the things that we hope for is the evidence, is the proof, it is the conviction of what? Of the things that you and I do not see. That is strange. Did you hear what I just said to you? Our evidence, our proof are things that no one can see. And you can't see. I live for something I haven't seen yet. It's strange. And that's my proof. That's my evidence. Have you ever been to heaven? No. So how do you know it's there? Strange. Because God's word says it. The evidence, the proof is there. How? You've never been there. His word is good enough for me. That's my proof. That's my evidence. That's strange, man, this call. Can I tell you guys something? This unknown. I'm going to give you little things here. Ready? You, know, you could write them or you could remember it. Ready? Number one. It's not number one, but number one. Do it for yourself. The unknown. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. It's worth it. It's worth it. The unknown, do it for yourself. It's worth it. But most importantly, do it for the Lord. Most importantly, do it for the Lord, the unknown. But wait a minute. More importantly than yourself, number three. Are you guys ready for this one? More important than you, do it for the generation that follows you. I got to teach this church about the generation because look around. Yes, we got some people that have been younger longer. And we love you here. We want more of you here. So invite all your friends. Okay. All the younger, longer people should have said amen. All the younger, longer people, we want you here. Invite your friends. Thank you. 
But if you look around this church, there's a lot of young people. People that are going to start families soon, some that have already started families. Some of you younger, longer, maybe you dropped the ball in your early years on this. But I want to talk to the young people of this church because I'm your pastor and I need to make sure it's clear about this. Ready? Do it for the children that you will have in the future, for the ones that you have right now, and for the children that they will have, that your children will have. Is that even biblical? It is. Joshua chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Here it is. It says, now man shall be able, Joshua, to stand before you all the days of your life. Joshua's a wreck. Joshua is like, Lord, I'm, I got to make sure that you're going to be with me like you were with Moses. He says, as I was with Moses, I will be with you, verse 5 through 9. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Look what he tells Moses. You be strong and of good courage. For this people, you, you shall divide it as an inheritance in the land which I swore, but I wrote this in bold in my notes. Ready? To their I'm blessing you, Joshua, and I'm blessing this generation because of this generation, because of their what? Because of their fathers. Because of their fathers. Because of their fathers is why I give it to them. And then he says, only be strong, be very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law. Watch what he says next. Which Moses, my servant, commanded what? You. You. What Moses Gave to you, the next generation. And then he goes on, he says, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you could prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. You may observe to do according to all that is written. Does that sound like obedience to you? Joshua, stay obedient. Well, look what he says next. If you stay obedient, what's the next word? Then... If you stay obedient, for then you will make your way prosperous. And then what does it say next? And then you will have good success. If you stay obedient, then you will see these things. Have I not commanded you, be strong, good courage, do not be afraid, dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua is now to be Moses' successor, lead a people that were greater in number than when Moses led because they grew now. And God was taking him to the unknown. And yes, it was their promised land. But the truth is, they didn't know what to expect there. This generation, Joshua's generation, what was all that they knew? Does anyone know in this church? What was Joshua's generation, all that they knew? Don't say Egypt. It wasn't Egypt. All Moses' generation knew was Egypt. What was Joshua's generation? What did they know? The desert. The what? The wilderness. The desert. That's all they knew. Listen to me, it wasn't Egypt, that was their father's, Moses' generation, but all they knew was that lifestyle of the desert, of the wilderness. They could have gotten used to it. They could have said, let's just stay up here, Joshua, let's camp here. Why go and fight against these armies? Why go and conquer lands as powerful as Ai and Jericho? That's too much of us, that's too much of a risk for us, Joshua. We've come too far for this, Joshua. We don't want to die this way. But Joshua and his generation was being called to walk into the unknown. Listen, the best thing that any of us can do when the Lord calls us to the unknown is nothing but remain obedient and allow God to work it out, to play it out for us. Remaining obedient in the unknown. What did he tell Joshua? You will prosper. You will have good success. As I get ready to end, it's very powerful as we look at this introduction of the unknown. I want to share something with you. Never was there a man 
that did not prosper and did not have success while remaining obedient to their God. Never was there a man. Oh, that's real. But there are many people who are being killed for their faith. How can you call that success? Well, Paul defined it. And he said what? To live is Christ. But to die is even better is gain. It's success. It's prosper. We win like we shared last week. And you might look at me today and say, but Pastor Rigo, you just shared for a few weeks now a whole entire series about do it now. Stop saying I'll do it later. Doesn't he want action from us? Doesn't he want us to do something? You're telling us to let him play it out. You're saying to let him work it out. But my answer to you is yes. His desired action for all of us here is that we would be obedient to him. And that in that obedience, he would work out his goodness for us. I'm going to end with this passage, and it's found in Philippians. It's one that you know very well. If you could turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, and if you could just stand with me again. Sorry for making you stand again, but we're going to close it up. But if you could stand with me once you turn there. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, Paul says to the church of Philippi, He says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Man, man, man. Verse 9, and I will be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Wow. I'll read it from a looser translation just so you could get the wording right, just in case you got lost in the ESV. Listen to this. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing God of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Love that. So that I could gain Christ. I love that word garbage. I love that word rubbish. Uh, Should I tell you what it means? Poop. Pastor Javi shared a message, and he's crazy. He's strange. And he, pr- and he wrote about this. And he read this verse out loud to the church and from the podium. Strange. He takes out a bag. In a Ziploc bag. And he says, this is what God's talking. <laughs> this is what Paul's talking about. And everyone went, ¿Qué es eso? Oh, no, don't tell me I think what that is. He takes out the Ziploc bag and thank God he has dogs. It wasn't human. It was dog feces. Poop from an animal. And he says, this is what Paul was talking about. Everything else is worthless when compared to the value of knowing Jesus. For his sake, I've, I've discarded everything else. 
I count all of my life and everything that I've ever gained outside of Christ. And he waves the, he's in front of the church. It's all poop. It's all crap. It's crap, church. It's crap. I didn't do it today. Just because I didn't do it today. But it's crap. Everything outside of Christ is poop. It's nasty. It's smelly. And it attracts bugs that you don't want flying around you. They're a pest. Bugs. They're it if you are tired of having people that are pests I want people that are going to what? pour in I don't need pestful people and that's what poop does that kind of lifestyle outside of Christ that's what Paul says well why Paul? why? all of this I call it garbage call it dung so that I could gain Jesus and become with him one. And I no longer have to count my own righteousness because I obey the law, but rather I became righteous just like Abraham became righteous. Does anyone remember why Abraham became righteous? We just read it. Because of his faith, because of his obedience. Do you know what they're really saying there? Come here, I'm going to talk to some of you. It's not really with how much you know. It's what you do with what you know my God and Paul's like everything that I know is gaga everything that I know is poop but it's what I do with what I know that God has called me righteous I'm righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith and the truth is church I could only be obedient to whom my faith lies with I'm obedient to God because I have faith in God that's why and how many of you as we look and we walk into the unknown have not fully entered the unknown yet you're should I go in? Looks kind of scary. For fear of what? Fear of what it might bring or fear of what it might require of you. Today, do you have it in you to get out so that God can? Listen to this last point that I'm going to mention. Here it is. It is time that our faith is backed up by our obedience. That's it. Stop telling me about your faith. Start walking in it now. And let that tell me. Because a lot of words don't mean anything. But a lot of action to back up those words is exactly what God wants you. We could all say a good game. But it's time that we enter the unknown and that we walk in obedience that in which what we believe in that in which we call our faith how many of you could say amen I'm going to ask you to close your eyes as we close off in prayer you don't have to look around at the truth the, the, the reality is God knows your heart right now but how many of you in here right now 
Say, that's me. I want to walk into the unknown. And today, God, I want to make a pact with you. Today, I'm going to walk away from my country. I'm going to walk away from my father's house. Today, I leave the land that I know. I leave, I leave Turkey. I, I leave all this and I go now to, through the journey that you're calling me to walk through. If that's you and God's called you, just like he called Abraham, with every eye closed, just right there where you're at, can you just raise your hand and say, that's me, God. I answer that call. I'm ready to walk into the unknown. I see hands. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Lord, here I am. I'm ready to stand before you and say, Lord, walk me into the unknown. Anyone else that's ready? Let my life of obedience back up the faith in which I believe. Let's pray. Lord, you know every hand that was raised, every heart that is opened. I pray that as we opened up this book, this this series of, of the unknown. I pray that starting right now as we broke down this first word, obedience, that Lord, every person that's here, that there would be just that, that they would be obedient, that Lord, that, that they would not be scared or fearful, but that they would walk into the unknown and that they would not look back, that they would not look at their surroundings, that they would only look at what's before them. And that, Lord, that they would walk into it knowing and trusting and loving you. And that you would walk them through it, though the next step would not show them, the next step would not be revealed of what's before them. I pray that they take it anyways because of their obedience that you've called them to step into it. Bless this family called New Life. Bless every person that's here that from this day forward we would walk in obedience to our God. Lord, move in power amongst your people. I'm ready. Lord, send me obedience. Obedience in the unknown obedience in the unknown use me in Jesus name